How many of us could relate to at least one of those things? How many of us dads, right? I got to say, the hair one, that's genius. Let's see if my daughter will let me try that this week. Hey, I also wanted to just say happy Father's Day uh, to, to all you men out there. I hope you have a, a wonderful, uh, great day. And, and I also want to just say uh, happy Father's Day even to, to, to what I would call our spiritual dads around here. It's been cool here at Edinburgh Church. We've seen a lot of older men really, uh, really within the last year or two start to invest in younger men through various groups and things going on here. And it's been really cool to see that. And I can tell you, older men, uh, maybe you don't feel like you, you have a lot to offer. Maybe you, you don't know why anyone would want to maybe glean wisdom or insight from you. But I'm telling you, there is a thirst and a hunger for that. And it's happening right here at Edinburgh. And so I want to say thank you also to our spiritual dads uh, out there um, this morning as well. That's part of our vision moving forward. We want to see a lot more older men beginning to invest in, in, in the younger men, making an impact. Um, we, we, we need dads. We need dads. We just do. Um, hey, I also wanted to take a moment to, to say, uh, you know, today is, is Juneteenth Day, and I don't know how much you know about Juneteenth Day, but this is a day where we celebrate um, basically the liberation of, of, of slaves, um, and, and, and so it is a celebration, but th- this is what's kind of cool about Juneteenth. Um, did you, do you know where it started? And I don't even mean the location exactly in the U.S., it, it actually started in Texas, but it actually started in the church. It's the church that began to, to, to the celebration of, of the slaves being, being liberated. And here we are today. Now it's a federal holiday. And uh, we want to continue uh, that, that, that legacy. Um, what, what an awesome thing to, to celebrate. Amen? Um, hey, we are in a series right now uh, called Summer Sunday School for Adults. <laughs> Some of you grew up in church, right? We said, and, and you... Grew up hearing Bible stories. You had a teacher who, you know, threw it up on a felt board for you, and you learned Bible stories and, and, and fell in love with these stories that are with you today. Others of us didn't grow up in church, and we don't know what some of these Bible stories maybe are even all about. And so this is an opportunity for some of us to be reminded, and some of us, for some of us to learn for the first time what some of these, these uh, key Bible stories are all about. But I think uh, in this series, I think all of us are, are going to learn at least a, a thing or two. Um, as we dive deep, uh, maybe more deeply than we did as kids, in, into some of these Bible stories. But that's what we're going to be doing this summer. And by the way, it's been cool to see you uh, interacting with us on social media, uh, telling us what stories you would like to hear. We're, we're waiting to you, for you to tell us what you want us to preach on in, in this series. And so one of the ones that rose to the top and made the top of the list, Jesus walks on water. That's what we're going to be talking about uh, today, um, the story of Jesus walks on water. Many years ago, Danielle and I went out to the Boundary Waters, and um, uh, it was the first time we, we, we went out to the Boundary Waters, and, and if everything goes well in my life, it will be the last time, okay, um, that we go to the Boundary Waters, okay? Uh, we, you know, we did the portaging in, got on a canoe, got, and I don't even remember how many miles, got to the lake, but as soon as we showed up to the lake, a storm showed up, and the storm front came in. We could see it. I mean, literally a line in the sky of the, the, these, these ominous clouds coming our way, and with it, the wind picked up, and it made it ca- canoeing very difficult, fighting the wind and the waves, okay? And at one point, 
Um, we're in the middle of this massive lake when I hear this terrible screeching sound, and it, I, I thought for sure we're, 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 going, we're going into the water, okay, um, because uh, we, we, we got rocked so hard. And, and what happened was just beneath the surface of the water was a giant boulder that we, we ended up um, skidding up on top of. So a quarter of our canoe is now st- sticking out of the water, and we are getting hit by waves. I mean, it's taking everything we have just to balance and shift our weight. So that, uh, you know, when the wave hits, uh, we don't go over. And I'm thinking we're going in. We're, 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 we're all of our gear, our tent, ourselves, we're, we're going into the water. And I just can tell you, it was a terrifying, terrifying moment, the thought of um, sinking. Sinking into the, in, in, in the middle of this massive uh, lake. We, we, my, my wife had the, the mind... Uh, presence of mind to step out of the canoe. She actually put one foot in the canoe and put one foot on this rock that was just below the surface. She did the splits, kicked us off, fell back into the canoe, and that was when I realized I married Superwoman, okay? Um, but we did, we, we couldn't even get to, uh, the wind took it, we couldn't even get to mainland. Uh, we were stuck in the, this, this windstorm, had to end up camping on the middle of a boulder in the middle of this lake. Our, our first night. So this is why I say if everything goes well, um, I won't be, ever have to visit the Boundary Waters again. But I just remember that feeling of, of, of we're going in the water, this feeling of sinking. And it's kind of what we're talking about this morning. Um, as, we, as we look at the story of Jesus walking on water, I, I, I've entitled this message, Jesus Walks on Water, No, Not in Minnesota in the Winter. Okay, that's called ice. This is an actual miracle of Jesus walking on water. And he does this miracle to teach us an important lesson about about life. To teach us how not to sink into the fears and the anxieties and the worries and the despair of this world. Um, God has been just kind of telling me lately, and it, it's kind of, uh, I, I think, going to become part of our vision moving forward as a church together, but that we are, we are living in interesting times. I don't think I need to tell anybody that, and we see a lot of things happening in the world. Um, I believe we as Christians and we as the church are going to have to learn to keep our peace no matter what. We're going to have to learn how to be people who, who learn how to stay still and trust in the Lord in the middle of the storm. We're going to have to become a people who can keep our peace when everybody else is panicking. Okay? I, I, I believe we are headed into some unprecedented times, and I believe this is God that's putting on this on my heart. It, it, it starts with me as your lead pastor But I believe this is something he wants for all of us. And don't get me wrong, I am not there yet. But I believe this is something he wants for his people. To learn how to be people who keep our peace no matter what. Even when everybody else is panicking around us. I mean, we look around uh, socially, we see things happening in society, and it can be easy to lose our peace. 
kids are going to be growing up in and kids are hearing. I mean, it, it's easy for that to happen. Uh, we, we, maybe it's economically. We, we look at some of the economic challenges. I, I, you know, don't even open up your stock portfolio, right? But it's not just socially. It's not just economics. I mean, it can be just our own personal life and the challenges and the struggles that, that we that we encounter here in, in, this, in this world. Sometimes it's a health issue. Um, it could be a job issue. Maybe it's having a hard time finding a job issue. And, and then you couple that with just our own, our own struggles and, and feeling like um, a failure at times. And I, I can tell you as... As a pastor, there, there are times in my life where I feel like a, a failure, and I'm, I've, I've had moments where I'm um, just racked with, with guilt and uh, bad decisions and, and, and things like that. And, and when you walk through that, man, it's so easy to sink. So easy to sink into your, your, your own anxiety and worries and even despair. And I, I believe this story is, is to help us Learn how to keep our peace no matter what. And so we're going to be looking at Matthew 14 today, and I'm just going to start in verse 22. We read this. It says, immediately Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. So now just to set up the context of what's happening here. Earlier in chapter 14, we read that John the Baptist has, has been killed by Herod, and I want you to think about that for a moment. Um, you know, at least one of the 12 disciples was a disciple of John the Baptist. So these are friends of John the Baptist. They've just they've learned that their friend, uh, John the Baptist was related to Jesus, right, has just been beheaded in prison by King Herod. You think that might cause a little anxiety? And now what it says is that Herod starts to think Jesus might be the resurrected John the Baptist. So now Jesus is a threat. So, so, so Herod has his eyes now on Jesus and his disciples. I think that might cause a little anxiety. After that, we read about Jesus feeding the 5,000. It tells us specifically it was 5,000 men. It didn't even include the women and children. So we're talking about over a thousand people, this amazing miracle of provision that the disciples witnessed. And right after that, Jesus is going to say, I want you to go to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. And so he sends them out. They have no idea how he's going to catch up to them, but he says, go. They've just experienced an amazing miracle, so they do what, what the man says. They go. Verse 23, we see, after he had... Uh, dismissed them, he, Jesus, went up on a mountainside by himself to pray, and later that night, he was there alone, and the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves, because now the wind was against it. So this storm front has come in. We know that that uh, can happen, and it happens quickly on the Sea of Galilee, and it can be very violent. And so now they are stuck on the middle, in the middle of, of the Sea of Galilee. And sometimes we think this happened very quickly. But actually, if, if you um, look at some, some context here, uh, we are told that it was at nighttime when the disciples were quite a distance away from, from land. The Greek literally says in the evening. 
And the Greek literally says um, that it was in the fourth hour of the watch when Jesus went out to them. The way the, the, the NIV says, shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them. So we're talking about 6 a.m. That was the fourth watch. Okay, so what that means, they've been out there already at evening time. They're still out there at 6 a.m., uh, we know even from the longest stretches of the Sea of Galilee, it generally took four hours to get across. It should have taken four hours. They've been out there at least nine hours. So they're stuck. And they are fighting the wind. And they can't get across. And they are in the middle of this storm. And I'm sure they're tired. And I'm sure they're exhausted. And I can't help but wonder if they started to think, or we might be on the verge of sinking here. Right? Ending up like the Edmund... Fitzgerald and Lake Superior, okay? Um, I don't know, it, going back to the Boundary Waters, when Danielle and I were, uh, got off that rock that first night, uh, the storm was actually even worse, and the wind uh, started uh, pushing us to the point where we were literally powerless to do anything. I mean, we are at the mercy of this wind. So I know how this can be. If you've ever been in a windstorm like that, I mean, we were paddling, 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 paddling. And guess what sunk in? Stress, fear. Um, Danielle started calling me names I can't even say in church, okay? You guys. Uh, now, I was filled with the Spirit and just, Lord, I will, I will trust your leading. Take over. Okay. Um, but I remember the fear, and, and I can only imagine what the disciples who, who understand a thing or two about what can happen in the Sea of Galilee and how big the waves can get, what they are thinking. And so it's in that context that then we read verse 25 that says, Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them walking on the lake. And when the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified it's a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. Does this, does, for those of you who, like, know your Bible and love, like, really studying the Bible, I'm, I'm curious, I have a question. Does this maybe echo anything from the Old Testament? Does it make you think of anything? You know, sorry, there's a lot of miracles that have to do with water and things that hap happen in, to do with water in the Old Testament, obviously the parting of the Red Sea and Moses and God's people. But does this, does this echo anything? Jesus walking on water. Let, let me read for you Genesis 1, 1 and 2 here. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now, the earth was formless and empty, Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the what? The Spirit of God was hovering over. This is the only other time we read in the Bible about God doing something on top of the water, being over the water. Usually it's going through water, something like that. This is, he's now over. And here comes Jesus. And, and by the way, what do they think they see? A ghost. In some circles, we actually call it the Holy Ghost. And so here, they think they are seeing this. It's an allusion to 
Genesis 1, the creator coming out to them. And if it's not clear enough, Jesus immediately has said to them, take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. So I think on one hand, Jesus is wanting them to know it's me, it's Jesus. But this it is I in the Greek literally ego eimi translates literally I am. This is Yahweh. Yahweh, we get the word, the name for God, Yahweh, comes from the Hebrew verb, I am. This is Jesus making it, I am, Yahweh, I am God, I am the creator over the waters coming to you in the middle of this storm. You don't have to be afraid. And friends, when we realize who's with us, we don't have to be afraid. Why would we be afraid? But the story's not over. <laughs> Look at what happens next. Lord... If it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And so Peter asks Jesus for this authority to come and, and walk on the water with him. And Jesus gives him in that authority. And here's what's incredible. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. We forget Jesus is not the only person who walked on water, friends. Peter walked on water. It says he came towards him. He actually took at least a few steps. But, <laughs> verse 30, but when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Okay. So for a time, Peter has faith. He sees Jesus. He... Jesus, give me the authority. Filled with faith, he gets out on the water. He starts walking. What happens? He takes his eyes off of Jesus and he puts his eyes on the wind. Isn't, isn't that what happens in our life? That the challenges of life come against us. The struggles of life come against us. And, and let's just be honest. Jesus, he, he seems like he's over there. My problem seems like it's right here. And so I find myself focusing on my problem, my challenge, my struggle, whatever it is I'm going through, rather than keeping my focus on Christ. And here's the principle I, I think we need to learn. When we focus on the wind over Jesus, we begin to sink. When we take our eyes off Jesus and we put our eyes on our problems, we begin we begin to sink. And it says, immediately Jesus reached out his hand and he caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? <laughs> why did you start to doubt? And, and, he, and he saves Peter from the waters. Friends, we all find ourselves being, being hit by the waves. It causes us to, wanna, it causes us to be in danger of sinking. At times in our lives, we're going to have waves or wind that comes against us. And um, I, I can tell you, I've, I've experienced my fair share of, of wind. Times in my life where I, I thought I was going to sink. Can you think of any time in your life where the winds came against you and you thought maybe you were going to sink? You know, some of you will remember even your, your pastor had his own, you know, personal crisis three years ago. I had to 
You know, I had, to, I had to stand in front of you guys and I had to apologize for using other pastors' materials and sermons and points. And that was a crisis in my life. And I'm fortunate for a church family. You guys love me. You guys showed me so much grace through that, which I can't even tell you how, how much that, that, that's even changed me and given me a deeper appreciation for what grace is. But it was, it, I, still, I mean, I still have PTSD <laughs> today uh, from that. And uh, that, that, was, that was a crisis in my life. I never thought I'd end up in a, have a personal crisis like, like, like that, especially in, in ministry. And, um, you know, and, and, and part of what made it so challenging, I, again, why you guys have shown me so much love and support and, and grace. There were others who I didn't receive that. And there were people, I mean, I got some, got some mean emails, some mean letters, just heartbreaking. And um, trust me, the person who was hardest on uh, me during that time was me. And so receiving that, man, it's just, it was just crushing. And I, 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 th- I thought I was, I was, was going to sink. Um, I want you to know I, I've reconciled with many of those people, but there are still others. And if I can just be brutally honest, and we're sometimes going to have people in our life, you just kind of sense they want you to fail. Um, I still, sometimes I, How do you walk through something like that? Felt like the biggest failure on earth. How do you walk through something like that? Friends, there's only one way to make it through something like that. You keep your eyes on Jesus. I'm telling you, Jesus is what got me through that. Jesus is who still stays before me. If I focus on my problem, if I focus even on my past, if I focus on my mistakes, guess what happens? I begin to sink. I don't want to sink. I want to walk above the waters. Anybody else want to learn how to walk above the waters? Friends, I'm going to leave you with two points, two things we got to remember when it comes to Yahweh, if we're going to walk above the waters. When we keep our eyes on Jesus, here's two things that I've had to remember in my life, and I want to encourage you to remember in your life. Here's the first one. First off, Jesus is more powerful than any other power. He is more powerful than any other power that rises up against you, Okay. He is the creator. He is the one who created all. He is Yahweh. Jeremiah 32, 17, someone in our prayer group said it this week. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Listen, nothing is too hard for you. That's Yahweh. Nothing's too hard for, for Yahweh. Um, <laughs> it got me thinking of kind of like the whole, like Father's Day, uh, you know, um, jumping into the water. And I, I don't know, I, I, my son, even when he was little, he couldn't even swim, but he would jump into the water and, and I would catch him. And, and he couldn't even swim. He knew he was going to sink. But, but why would he jump? Why could he do that? Because he knew dad was there. And he knew dad would catch him. Now, his uncle would let him go under for a while, okay? Come up spitting water a little bit. But dad was going to have, dad had strong arms, and dad would pull him out of the water. Friends, when we recognize Yahweh is with us, do you realize he's not, he won't let you sink if you look to him. Nothing is too hard. 
for Yahweh. And here's the second thing we got to remember. Jesus loves you more than any other love. It doesn't matter. I, I, I hope you have people in your life that love you deeply. I'm glad to be a part of a church family that loves each other deeply, okay? Um, but, they're going, but, but no matter how much someone loves you, your spouse, your, your, your parents, your child, listen, I need you to hear something. Yahweh loves you more. Jesus loves you even more. You can't, they said, no, we can't even, it says the depths of his love, they can't, we can't, they can't be understood in the human mind. And the Bible uses like, because sometimes as Christians, we, we get into this thing of talking about God's general love for the world. And don't hear me wrong. John 3, 16, for God so loved the world. But I need some of us to hear something today It's a little different than that. Yes, he has a general love for his creation and every person on earth, but he has a special covenant love for you if you are in Christ. This is a unique love. It's a covenant binding love. The Bible uses language like you are chosen. You are elect. It says you are adopted into. What does that mean? It means God reached down and grabbed you and took hold of you. When you have your own kids, let's just be honest for a second. You get what you get. Adoption is different. Adoption, you are picked. That's what the Bible says about you, Christian. You were picked. Now, it's not because of anything special about you. In fact, if you read the Bible deeply, here's what it's why it says, because we have, God looks for people who have weaknesses and flaws in their life. And he picks them and calls them to himself so that he can teach the weak how to walk on water. And when people see the weak walking on water, they say there must be a God in the heavens because only God can do that. Friends, that's why we've been called in this family, okay? So we have a God who is more powerful than any other power. We have a God who loves us, a covenant eternal love that we can't even get our minds around with a love that's more powerful than any other love. Friends, when you realize this God is with you, why do you need to be afraid? So as we close, here, here's what I want us to do. I just want us to imagine something for a minute. And maybe some of you even want to close your eyes. I just want you to imagine for a moment that we are standing right now. Where, I guess you're sitting. That's okay. In the throne room of God. And, and guys, I just want you to imagine that scene. You can feel the floor shaking beneath you. The walls are trembling. You can hear sounds of thunder. The sounds like rushing waters, sounds that you have never even heard before taking place in this throne room. And you can see lightning shooting from God's eyes. As the cherubim circle around him, and I'm telling you, these angels, sometimes we, we make them look cute, but I'm telling you, these cherubim, if we saw them, they would be terrifying creatures. And they are bowing down in reverent fear to a holy God, worshiping God. And God invites us into this awesomeness to behold his glory. And in that moment, you're not feeling fear you're not feeling anxiety. You're not feeling worry. You are lost in the awe and wonder of your amazing, powerful, loving God. 
Friends, and here's what we got to know. This God is not just in his throne. He's with us right now. He's with us here. He is with you in your personal life. And so if we'll take our eyes, maybe this morning, off of our problems, put our eyes on him as we get an opportunity to worship him, just maybe we too will learn how to walk on water. Amen? Let's start walking on water, church. Heavenly Father, we thank you that you love us the way you do. We thank you for your grace, your redemption, the way you restore, the way you work in and through the week. I know there's some in here who come in here, Lord, maybe they, they're feeling like failures in some way. God, we just thank you for the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from our sin and makes us new again. Some of us need to receive that this morning. And so we're going to pray that you will wash us clean, Christ. Make us anew. Resurrect us out of the ground. Lift us up out of the waters like Peter. We're crying out, save us. To live and to walk in the plan you have for each and one of us. That's what we want. God, you deserve all the glory and praise this morning, and we're going to give it to you. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said. Amen. Amen.